We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. Knock knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange you. Orange, you ready to start the show? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't be any more I, disinterested in that knock knock joke. I really was on the cusp of laughter. The cusp, so it was like you. Were... I I wanted to, but mm-hmm. I really it just wouldn't come out. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I got the stand-up comedy career that's coming, so you be okay. you be careful. It's right up there with my singing career. <laughs> yeah, it's right up there with your hopes of that's being the LA Rollins husband. Um, see, this is why we had to stop the show. Let's let's pause the show. We're gonna have to. Didn't you see my picture I sent right, of her so, dedication so to Tim? Off, 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 off the record. We're going to have to look here. In order for this relationship to continue to work in this friendship, we got to respect each other. And I respect you. You, you, con- you consistently feel the need to just not respect me. That's a problem. I just, w- I just wanted you to be sure that I wanted to be sure you saw her dedication to Tim. I thought it was so nice um, that he put um, his this uh this light for Valentine's Day on the back burner for her. Um because she likes Valentine's Day. Because her mom used to make a big deal out of it for her. So you're not gonna you still you're gonna continuously disrespect my wishes. I just want you to realize so that y'all like... not together. And that she's actually with Tim. So I've all I know that you're a Republican, right? And I know that Kellyanne Conway has taught you guys about alternative facts. You don't have to specialize in them, Lisa. I do not want to be associated with Kellyanne Conway. You don't have to delve in alternative facts. You don't. I don't want to be associated with Kellyanne Conway and and ninety percent of the Republican Party. (laughs) You just don't have to. I don't want to. I don't want to put everybody because I know some people that are Republicans. Just respect me, yo. Just respect me. Respect my family. And we can we can continue. Who is your family? Culture can be great. You know who my family is. I'm not even gonna answer that question. I've met uh, your sisters and your mom and your brother. I'm trying to figure out Kelly Rowland. I've never seen any of your your important things. So you're just gonna call me out? You're just trying to like you're trying to shade my family on air. Lisa, let's I'm just move on. I'm not trying to shade their so, family. I'm just saying I, I've met your family. What, what, what do we got going on this week? So, mimosas, OJ and mimosas. We need to get yes. you some mimosas because clearly you've been drinking too much heavy stuff and you're not, you're delving in alternative facts. So, um, <laughs> Verizon Takeover, I switched to Verizon from AT&T. You I was traitor. I was with AT&T, I'm sorry, for 13, 13 years since years, I was 17 years old and I'm 30 years old. And Traitor. I 13 years changed. I almost changed my number just what? to say I had a new one because I felt like 13 years was a long time to be with one number when I know multiple people that had like 10. Yeah. But I was like, I got too many contacts now for me to just be changing my number all willy-nilly. Plus, I don't have people 
playing on my phone. So it's no really need to change it. Um, yeah, I've had the same num- same number since 2001. So 17 years? Yeah. It's really it's sad. It's no need to change that. You know, it's some people that I know that change their number like two and three times a year. And I'm like, what are you doing? But you need to do that. Like, that's a lot of work. Well, I know people that do that, but theirs is more so because their phones get cut off because they can't pay the bills. So they have to switch carriers and start over. Oh, okay. That's that's the thing, I guess. But I know some people that just change it. Like, they keep the same carrier and just change the number. Yeah, that's weird. I don't really understand. Because you have to pay to change your number, too. So I don't really understand why. And then you got contact. You can't have a professional career and do that. You got to continuously update people on this is my new number. That's too much to go through. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. You know that? I miss Sweet Brown. I was just thinking about Sweet Brown the other day. I miss Sweet Brown. Sweet Brown, I used to follow Sweet Brown. I actually think I still, if her Instagram is still a thing, I followed her on Instagram. She probably still around trying to make it all up. Yeah, she used to sell uh, barbecue sauce. Wow. She was like at the Hoodie Awards. Uh, selling barbecue sauce she literally she branded herself she was doing all these commercials people would pay her to come do these commercials and she came out with a uh, it's a, her own secret recipe of barbecue sauce and she came out with that wow i never knew that That's... you got you got to get in the sweet brown fun fact i just made today uh i just learned today so that's cool you know i i'll check her out i bet she's still around we should need to bring her on the show I, I honestly, I, I'd probably be starstruck for real. Real talk though, I'd be starstruck. From Sweet Brown? Sweet Brown is the business. You don't understand. Like I used to follow her. Her laugh is infectious. I used to follow her Instagram. Well, I, again, I follow her Instagram or whatever. And she would show like that when she's at a family event. And I swear her family is my family. The stuff they would laugh about. Um, she had, I remember she had like this one video, maybe they were talking to like, maybe it was like her mom or something like that. It was somebody, grandma, it was like an older lady and she was like cursing people out. It was hilarious. Wow. Yeah. That's what's up. But she was on IG no more. That was, that was years ago. I I hope she still, uh, got her paper. I hope she invested it properly. Still got it. So she wouldn't, you know. Ain't nobody got time for that. So you're a trader. You you left AT and T. Yes, I feel good. So I went to AT and T after I left Verizon because my online didn't work, and I wanted to make sure like it closed out properly. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to them, and they was just like, "All right." And they didn't even try to bring me back. Well, it's because you probably were in the store. If you would have called them, they probably would have tried to come up with some sort of way to get you to. Because they have, when you talk to the customer care, they have like a retention department. So if you're calling to cancel, they'll transfer you over to the retention department. And the retention department comes up with some sort of way to kind of lower your bill or get you to stay. Mm Yeah. Yeah, I probably could have did that and not switched. But I think it was just time for me to go. Plus, this this $80 bill, if y'all don't know, Verizon has unlimited plan for $80 a month for a single line. And if you get four people on the line, it's $45 per line. And honestly, I I don't think it's... You can't beat that. You can actually tether. And your phone is a hot spot. Yeah. Yeah. You can tether, which is dope. I have unlimited on AT&T. It's a grandfather plan, so I can't do any type of tethering at all. So the fact that you have that feature on your phone, I think that's dope. And it's still yeah. unlimited. 
Yeah, because I had unlimited with AT&T grandfathered in, and that's why I wouldn't leave. But, you know, as we discuss off air and, you know, I'll share my personal opinion. I don't want to offend our listeners. I hope you're not offended. I just that to me, there are only two carriers that I will ever, you know, carry. I have family members that are on other things. My parents even have T-Mobile. I personally, they call me a bougie anyway. I'm only going to do Verizon and AT&T. To me, you know, AT&T, I got to I gotta have reception. I have too many people, have heard too many people complain about T-Mobile and Sprint not having reception, calls dropping. So I was like, before, uh, the reason why I would never go to Verizon is because I felt like they were too expensive, even though people say AT&T is too expensive, but because I had unlimited and they didn't have unlimited. And then once they opened the door for unlimited, I was just like, I'll just go move right over. So yeah, there was really no other option. Cause I mean, people say, well, you know, T-Mobile being had unlimited. You Nah, nah, bro. I can't even vibe with that. Yeah. I, feel Sprint, like I, I, I only got T-Mobile for my iPad. I, I can load my iPad and, you know, use that uh, for T-Mobile. And it's not that bad, but there were play time when I'm driving home to Florida and it would just not be available like while I'm on the highway and I just yeah I can't I can't deal with it I just I don't think that I should have to I feel like at this this point in time and I kind of judge people no shade to anybody any of our listeners um but I kind of feel like at a certain point in time you know you it's time to get to the big boy carriers <laughs> and get Verizon and AT&T I have some friends that maintain their Sprint accounts and, you know, when we're talking and your phone just arbitrarily just hangs up, it's kind of like, yo, I need you to, they're, they're carriers, but you won't, you won't have to go through this. Just go ahead on and yeah. it's like $20 I was, more. I was dating a guy that had Sprint and that should have been my cue that this wasn't going to work. In the relationship. Uh, yes. Right. And his phone used to be busy and I'd be like, what's Wait, wrong with your phone? Busy. He was like, and that, and it was right next to me. I was like. Is busy. Oh wait, you would call him and the line was busy. Yeah, I is that like... even capable on the cell? <laughs> like, is that possible? That is so crazy. It is. It and it's so crazy. You know, it's funny because we're cool now, even though we we're not dating anymore, but we're cool. And I just had to call him the other day, and his phone was busy, and I'm like, how is that even possible? Why do you have? A how is your phone busy? Busy. I meant to call him back and be like. Yeah. yeah, I need to text just, him and be like, your phone is still doing this. Yeah, you bro. need to fix this. We got to let it, it go. It don't matter to me because we're not together no more, but still. We got to let Sprint go. I, I, just at a certain point, it's time to graduate. Sprint is good. Oh, and I, I say this, but again, if you're a person that has like, look, I'm trying to cut costs for real, for real. I'm not even on the phone like that. Or I know somebody that has... They, they have Wi-Fi at work. They have Wi-Fi at home. Typically, wherever they're at, they're always connected to a Wi-Fi network. So it's like, you know what? If you um, if you want to use Sprint just because of that, okay, I got you. You know, I can, I can rock for it. I ain't telling nobody to not to pay more if you ain't got the money. But once you get into your career and you start making sufficient, you know, money, it doesn't really make sense for you to be... Cause it's like twenty dollars more for real. Twenty dollars, like that's a meal. That's a meal during the week. That's like going out to lunch, or you know, a couple happy hours. Like 
just make the sacrifice so you can have better service. Don't be walking around here, you 30 years old, and you rocking this Sprint cell phone service that people can't get in contact with you because you'll jump busy. We got to pass. <laughs> we, cell phones shouldn't even be busy. We got to pass. Yeah, it's like, is this a, what is going on with this? I was like, I thought something was just, I was like, did he change his number? And then I called him back and it actually wrong. So I was like, gotta fix this because this is, this is ridiculous. Yeah, let's retire uh, that cell phone. Like, um, we're going to resign from Sprint and T-Mobile in the way that Michael Flynn resigned from his position. <laughs> we going to yes. just, just let it go. I told you about the meme that said. Let it go. Let it go. The most hilarious meme I, I saw about this is that when they said he was uh, saying Hillary Clinton need to be put in jail while he was committing treason. Exactly. And it's like, and you and you said that um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, isn't he Speaker of the House? Yeah. Okay, I'm like I'm trying to get his title right. Said that we they're not gonna even waste tax uh, dollars by uh, yeah. investigating. Which is so crazy because you had all these Republicans that were saying, "Oh, you know, we got to go after Hillary, jail Hillary." Like even Donald Trump himself, jail Hillary. We're gonna put her in jail, but. There's all of this crazy stuff that's coming out. And he, Michael Flynn says that he was untruthful to the president and vice president. I don't believe day. that. Mm, yeah. But in the same regard, nobody thinks that it's necessary to do any type of investigating. Uh, we don't need to know the fact that he's stepping down is just enough. And that's like, come on now. Yeah. I don't, I just can't buy that they didn't know, um, especially with the, the ties that this campaign, um, this election, excuse me, I don't want to single out the campaign, has with Russia. You know, right. this uh, symbolic nature, the fact that, you know, the WikiLeaks and all that, yeah. them being behind that. So it's just kind of like... And it only being too, done to the Democratic Party, too. It's too coincidental for it not to be something. Not that, not that many coincidences in the world. And I'm just like, come on, guys, y'all know that this is... I just... I can't believe that Pence was in the dark. They right. they said that Pence was in the dark even as it relates to him resigning. And I'm just like, so y'all just, if that is the case, that's very troubling. Because why, why does the vice president not know that Michael Flynn is resigning? You know, to the day of. I just, or the day before. I just right. think. It's I lies think, on top of lies. It's alternative facts fake news is it's just this whole uh this whole thing has just been chaotic it's just ridiculous i don't even know what i'm like maxine waters who said her goal is to get him impeached right <laughs> and it's only it's it hasn't even been a month yet yes i'm like this is the most That's chaotic the thing. That's the thing, yo. It's like we we haven't even hit a full fledged month, and every day story after story, chaos after chaos, craziness after craziness. We not even a full month in, yo. You said uh, Sears dropped Ivanka's clothes. I said, man, you really got to be falling on hard times when <laughs> Sears don't want you no more. <laughs> I was like, dang, you can't even sell it. Sears? Dang. Man, that's, yo, that's cold, man. Trifling, yo. 
<laughs> you said I'm trifling. You trifling. No, because I see it. It's like, man. Real talk, though. I actually got my, my bed. My bed is actually from Sears. My bed set is from No, I, I don't have a problem with Sears. But no, nobody shops at the Sears for clothes, real talk. Yeah, yeah. nobody really shops at clothes for Sears. Now, I got a cute dress from Sears. Um, I just, one of my friends was helping me pick out some clothes. And I got a nice dress from there. I saw it as I was walking through to go out. And I said, oh, that's nice. I'm getting now that's a one in a million thing that happens. <laughs> it's not that something you start, Maybe. that's not the first place you start with. That's the something you accidentally stumble upon. <laughs> so the fact that Ivanka got kicked out of Sears, now you know Neiman Markets, Nordstrom's, Bloomingdale's, you know, I would think, you know, maybe because that makes sense. But Sears show, that's where you go when you can't get into those stores. <laughs> I just don't know. It's just a, it's just bad. I just don't know. It's, man. The place that people don't know to go to buy your clothes don't even want your clothes. That's rough. I said that's a low price. Man, okay. that's a low price. Did you see um, somebody had posted? I think, oh, it was Claudia Jordan on Instagram. She posted a picture of uh, some Ivanka Trump garment from like uh tj maxx and it was normally like 50 dollars, but they had it marked down to a dollar wow <laughs> that joke was so funny you know i was in tj maxx the other day because i was looking for sweaters for my trip to dc and i just wanted a nice you know sweater and you know in jacksonville they stopped selling sweaters in regular stores like in january because it's that's when it started getting hot again right. um <laughs> So I went to TJ Maxx and I was looking at the clearance rack and Ivanka stuff was literally covering the clearance rack. And I was like, man, (laughs) this is some really, it's it's my, I see, I almost bought it because it was cute. Wait, you was going to buy Ivanka Trump? I I didn't even know. And again, I mean, I guess I wouldn't It was just a collar. It was a collar shirt, but I liked the way it was cut. But when I saw it was Ivanka Trump, I would just put it down. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even realize that she had like clothing like that. I think I remember maybe from Celebrity Apprentice them talking about the Ivanka Trump line, but I didn't know it was like. I thought it was her mama at first. I don't know why I thought it wasn't her mama named Ivanka too. Oh, I don't know. I'm not well versed in them in that way. Yeah, I thought that. I think she's named after her mama. She's like a junior. Similar name. Yeah, you know, I'm a junior too. Me and my mom had the same first name. Didn't know that. But. We just have different middle names. Gotcha. You didn't know that? No, I don't think I knew that. Oh wow! Maybe you told me, and I don't remember. Okay, it's okay. You, we've only been friends for a short amount of time, apparently. I, I really no, because I always call your mom Mama Fields. Oh, okay, true. So I guess I don't know. I I thought you would know that. I feel like you don't know me. I probably like you're not even friends. Now that, now, I don't know if it's from guilt of me not knowing, but I'm like. Maybe I did know that. No, I did know that. I think I did. <laughs> now I'm not really sure. All right, lie to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you just you just go along with it and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew. I was right there. Just, uh, it's fine. I was no shooting problem. in the gym with you when you was you was trying to get off. That was it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So nobody's buying the Ivanka's trunk. They didn't even wear that at the Grammys this year. 
uh, nobody said her name on the line. I don't did think they, they did ever before. Oh, but, you know. I was like, I no, and you know, apparently, that. if she was in, I think she was in Nordstrom's, um, or Bloomingdale's, or Saks, or one of them. I mean, maybe people had or would have worn her. Nobody before. Would, nobody would, don't don't give her that much credit, Lisa. Nobody was going to wear that. They, well, they never wore that at the Grammys. The first time I saw it was at TJ Maxx, so I can't speak the Nikes. <laughs> I on, didn't even know it was. You saw it on the wholesale. I didn't even know she had a section at Sears or she had a section or a rack. I didn't know that. So, you know. You caught on the real wholesale. Yeah. Well, this is the decline. Only way out the door. I'm glad her daddy got money. She got a trust fund. She'll be all right. So anyway, since you brought up the Grammys, um, did you watch the Grammys? I did, except the last 20 minutes, mm. I think it was 2015, I was in D.C. Uh, staying with my friend, and the windstorm, it, it was real crazy. That wind was real. I was like, Jesus, be a fence. Like, yeah. is it, is it going to come and take us? I was that sitting, wind was real. Yeah, I was sitting in my apartment actually watching the Grammys, and I got up maybe like 10 different times looking out the window thinking like, what is going on? Because it was hitting. There's windows in my living room that's like sits right my TV is like there's three like windows that's in my living room and it kept like the wind is just like hitting them and it's like giving this loud whistle. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was, it, it, we, luckily yeah. our power didn't go out, but I heard it. Yeah. It knocked out uh Vanus. So yeah, I didn't get to see, it was like, I was watching it and I was ready and then it just TV, everything shut off. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, well, there it is. Well, the most controversial part kind of happened in the last 20 minutes, which was Beyonce didn't win uh, album of the year and Adele's 25 won. And so, of course, a lot of people were, I think I expected it. Um, I think Beyonce actually expected it, too, because the speech that she wrote, she actually won the Grammy for best urban contemporary album or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the speech that she gave it was like a that was the album of the year speech but i felt like she gave it then because she felt like i know that i'm not gonna win because i'm black so i'm gonna give this speech here and adele actually i feel like adele's response to getting it was she was really appreciative and really grateful but she gave beyonce her props and said like i i can't possibly accept this award because this lemonade album was great. It was so well thought out. It was amazing. So and it was a people. visual album. Right. Like she, the way she dropped it was like classic. That's the thing. Like the la- her last two albums, honestly, have changed culture. They really have changed culture. And whether you're a Beyonce fan or not, or you like her or not, you can't deny, you know, what she's doing and what she's done. And she she's released these albums in such a way that she didn't have marketing she didn't have some pr person she wasn't going on this pr campaign literally she's saying hey here's my body of work and people go crazy and she has these great numbers um and then just the way the the music on them as well she's she's getting away from what you know her as this like pop commercial artist so it's like there's so much that went into the album in so many ways that you know that you know, she should have she should have won. And I feel like Adele recognized that. And then later on, she followed up with her interviews, basically saying like, yo, what the F does she have to do in order to get album of the year? Because at this point, it just doesn't really make any sense. Um, 
So it was like the that was the that's that's been the biggest things. Of course, there's a lot of opinion pieces and a lot of people are talking about it, a lot of different thoughts of why she didn't get it or uh, apparently um i forget the guy's name his last name's like santana but he's like the latest person that says that beyonce doesn't sing sing and adele sing sings and that in itself is to me a bunch of other bull because it's like if that's the basis of which we did it then there's so many people that shouldn't shouldn't have gotten record of the year or al- i'm sorry album of the year the fact that Taylor Swift then has album of the year. Like you can never argue with me that nobody's not a singer singer. Like get out of here. Yeah. And I, it's, I feel bad for Beyonce because it's like, what does she have to do to get album of the year? You know, I don't know how, what she else she could release to get her album of the year. You know what I'm saying? Like she put so much into lemonade. I'm not even sure that how she could top that to even, you know, get that recognition. Right. See, the one thing that I'll say is I'll never I definitely think that she has it in her to continue to create and to create stuff that's really amazing and really good. So I think that it's possible for her to come out with something that is, you know, equally or if not more cohesive and, and, and creative and great. I think it's just what this solidifies for me is that this is why we have to create our own spaces. This is why we have to support our own. This is why we have to do things like the NAACP Image Awards and make sure that we're supporting those things, but also from the standpoint of the the award shows is making sure that, you know, this is actually competitive. We're not just getting some some artists just because they're an artist, but we're actually making sure that, yo, if there's only two or three people that had good enough bodies of work to be in this category, then we're going to have a category just with two or three people. And we're not going to have a category that we're just trying to put five people in just because I remember that's one of the critiques that I had about like the BET awards was they were so hell bent on trying to have, I think it's like five people in a category that for some of the categories, they have people that you haven't seen you, they did like a cameo in something or you haven't seen them do like a full out record or full out album. So, but the, just for the sake of trying to have people in there, I remember one year they nominated like diamond from uh crime. Yeah. Their fe- their female rap album, uh, 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 column is always interesting. Cause it's like, do they even have music out? It's like, the thing is like, yo, they got music and I know that they got music out, but it's like, this music is really not, <laughs> and not that it has to be all mainstream, but this person is not like performing anywhere besides like some, some low end club circuit. Like, their body of work honestly wasn't good enough to be nominated. It's just the fact that they put out, they put out something and they haven't, they have your attention, if you will, but not the attention of the people, just, just your attention. I just wish that it was more competitive in the sense that, yo, this album or the body of work that you have, I remember there was, there was one year too, cause diamond had released like a mix, released a mixtape. And I remember going to listen to it and being like, but nothing of this, the fact that this is on the same level as uh, a Remy, a Remy Ma or Nicki Minaj, like I just didn't. I'm like, I, these aren't the same. No, these these shouldn't mm-hmm. be compared. So like, I just you know, I wish an award show front that we would do that. I also know too. I've heard that 
artists at other award shows have to pay to attend um, and they don't get like all of these packages and stuff like that that they get at the Grammys. And I feel like, you know, that's that's some business stuff on the back end that you probably really can't help. But again, I think this just proves that, yo, we really have to support our own and maybe we do have to start boycotting you know, things like the Grammys and these artists need to start boycotting the Grammys because it's like the reason that so many of us, I know so many people, so many of black people watched it because they wanted to see what Beyonce was doing. Literally after Beyonce stopped performing, it was like, I'll just come back to see if she's going to get album of the year, but I'm not concerned with other elements of the show. So it's like, in essence, you are you're benefiting by getting the viewers or getting the following of these people, but you're not giving them any awards. I don't think Rihanna walked away with not one award. And it's kind of like, yo, Rihanna has a huge following. A lot of people she was on. She got camera time. They kept cutting to Rihanna to see what Rihanna's doing, to show what Rihanna's doing. So people getting hype. We got all these clips and stuff on social media that's showing Rihanna, but she didn't get an award. So she's good enough for a following, but she's not good enough to actually get the award. Come on, man. And I also want to challenge like these A-list celebrities that are African-American to support heavily like your BT Awards and NAACP Awards because they don't come to those award shows and in turn, people sometimes don't watch them because they don't see the A-list black celebrities on there. This is so true. I think sometimes it works both ways. We can't say we want to promote, you know, we can't promote our own and then at the same time don't come when our own have stuff. Right. Because they, we don't consider them big enough. And I think that's what a lot of people are critiquing Beyonce for, you know, coming in and out the BET Awards and not staying to the full thing, you know. She was clearly at the Grammys from start to finish. At the BT Awards, she made an appearance. And so you can't come. I feel like, you know, stars, A list black stars have to show up to BT Awards, your Soul Train Awards, your NAACP Awards to help bring them up if we want to see our people progress um, Absolutely. on every level. Yeah, it's it, de- it definitely is twofold. Um, I remember hearing, I forgot who it was. There was, an, there was an artist, maybe it was like on News One Now a while ago, and they brought up that point of, you know, our A-list celebrities not coming to the BET Awards. And one of the things that they were saying was, you know, the BET Awards is done in the summertime when a lot of people are touring and a lot of people are out. And I know every time that, and I feel like you can... You can justify it for tours when the person is touring, but when a person is not actually touring, that doesn't work because I do believe we haven't. They they weren't there for then. Like, you know, not to pick on a Beyonce, but Beyonce definitely came to the BET Awards all of the time. And I think it was maybe after like her second or third album and we didn't see her. Now she did, you know, she was touring and she, when she would tour, she would give she would do like a special performance for the BET award. So she was virtually there, but I do think that, you know, it, it we can stand to have these A-list artists, these people that are creating content that's out now showing up at these award shows and, you know, performing, being presenters. I do think it was a comedian. That's who it was. There was a comedian. Maybe it was like Mike Epps or something. Somebody had said that, you got a, a lot of these award, award shows you have to pay to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the BT Awards or uh, the NAA, I think maybe it was like the NAACP Image Awards. He had to actually pay to go. So it was like, you know, 
it's kind of if I get invited to these other award shows, I'm going and not only am I not paying, but I'm getting like a gift basket for showing. And I know like for like the Academy Awards, they get, you know, cell phones, cruises, stays at places because they have all these like endorsements where companies are trying to get be get celebrities to be seen with certain things or seen in certain places so they can attract more people there. But I don't necessarily think like from a business standpoint, maybe these, these our award shows, if you will, maybe they don't have those types of connections. And so therefore it's, it's more of a, it's not, not a great incentive to go and more of a burden to go maybe. But I do think ultimately though, we, it, we all benefit to, to, to have more of our, top celebrities show up to these places and actually promote this stuff and so that we can say that you know what yes you didn't get the grammys or the grammys better honor you because we're honoring you we're respecting you we're giving you the props and the love that you need and in turn your following is coming to us and the grammy sees that and they're like yo we actually got to do something to make sure that we're giving people a fair chance because i don't necessarily know if it's a thing of i'm gonna say this and shut up but I feel like probably when it came to the grant, the Grammy Academy judging, when they listen to Lemonade, it's things that they can't relate to. Whereas when they listen to 25, number one, it's this is coming from a white vocalist and it's about things that's like, oh, this song is about love. And it's saying in a very slow ballad way, which is what 25 is. It's a lot of ballads. And so there's kind of like, oh, this is what we can connect to. Whereas Lemonade is, it's, it, it has all different styles of music and it talks about things. It says things that they're probably like, what? Like when he F me good, I take him to Red Lobster. Like I ain't going to Red Lobster, bro. You know what I'm saying? Not to, not to justify it, but not to like make an excuse for it. But I always try to think in a way of like, okay, so maybe it's not at, possibly it's very overt in a sense that, you know, we like this girl and we don't like this other girl, but maybe there was something for other people that just kind of like help. They just, they just couldn't relate to it. And so they couldn't get into it because they couldn't personally connect to it. And I think that speaks to the need for us to have more diversity on these boards. We need to have more people that actually are qualified and able to vote for album of the year. And so that it's not just all, you know, old people or old, white guys that are just voting for it and we got like multiple types of people that are doing this mm-hmm. yeah i think that's important yeah so y'all hit us up and let y'all let us know what y'all think actually before we go i actually want to give a shout out to one of our listeners that reached out to us and basically kind of gave us some motivation and 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 a kind of a push to make sure that we are staying on top of our shows i want to personally give a um just say thank you to that listener you know who you are thank you for supporting the show continuously supporting the show but also just reaching out to us and letting us know that like you you know you here and you're listening and we are committed to making sure that we get these brunch culture conversations out and on the airways and that we continue to produce a good show for y'all so yes thank you shout out to you yes and we will be back with our main dish right yeah. Yeah, I got confused. Yeah, I'll main dish. We'll be back. So 
so main dish time, y'all. Love and loyalty is what we want to talk about today. I know y'all remember that song, Gold Digger, when Kanye said, when they get on, they leave you for a white girl. And then, you know, Chris Brown said they ain't loyal. And these celebrities seem like when they've been getting on, they they leave who they with. But we don't just want to talk about it in the in the sense of a romantic relationship. We want to talk about it in the sense of both romantic and platonic, um, because sometimes when we feel like we have to go to different spaces in life, we feel like we are we kind of disassociate ourselves from people that we've known for years. We've known since high school, maybe college. Now that we're man, I just thought about it. We like. 09 college. It's almost 10 years from college. I mean, feel old. Not me. I'm not 10 years from college. Okay. Well, just you, you graduated high school in 2005. So it's, it's almost 10 years since you've been in undergrad. So accept it, Randall. It's okay. I don't know what you're talking about. I just graduated college last year. So we this alternative facts you you Kelly and Conway uh, I'm learning I'm learning from your people. <laughs> this is the White House sits. I'm tone. a moderate. I'm not. I'm not either or. I'm learning. From I'm not hot or cold. I'm learning from your formal people. How about that? I, that's better. That's better. I, <laughs> I hope I don't like to associate myself with the party of the orange. Um. Anyway, so, um. So when we. <laughs> People, man, I lost my train of thought. But when people, uh, people will leave their former friends that even in, like I was saying, even in college, behind if they if their career is different. I was just talking to friends um, Sunday, and they were talking about you know when you get in different areas of life and when you get in your career, you tend to hang around people that are in your career field, not necessarily people that you went to school with. Um, Because, you know, each, you're going to have commonalities at each life chapter. And you kind of going to, usually we kind of flock to the people that, that have the same interests. So as your life chapters change, then sometimes your circle changes based on commonalities. Um, And so, you know, that's a real thing, but some people think that you should be loyal to people who held you down that knew you when you were nothing. Even though those people might not be able to relate to your now, they knew you then. So it kind of keeps you grounded. I was, I was reading an article some time ago and um, this guy who is a national known speaker, he was given an advice. He was given advice, um, 25 life lessons that he's learned as an older person. And one of his things, he was um, one of his, uh, tips was that you stay connected to people who knew you before you were great um, because they keep you grounded and humble. Right. And so, um, but everybody doesn't take that policy. Some people will be like, man, I gotta, I gotta change my circle based on um, what my life chapter is. Um, so what do you think about that, Randall? What do you think? Do you think you should rid yourself of certain people once you get to a certain life chapter or you think you should always hold on to your day ones? So I feel like those people are flawed and very lame. And yeah, they probably aren't going to get too far. I want to say they're not going to get too far, but they're going to get wherever they're going to go. They're going to get to once they get there, they're going to realize the mistake that they made. So I'm a firm believer in loyalty. I've said this on our platform, on our show a number of times. 
I really believe in loyalty. I think it's extremely important to um, be loyal to yourself, but also be loyal to those people around you. And I think that once you are with people, if you keep certain people around, especially people that were there for the climb, you know that you can trust those people, um, number one. But you also know a lot more about that person in multiple settings, right? So you you knew them before you had money. You knew them before they had money. You knew them when it was just all a dream. So you probably were, you know, more of an authentic version of you because you didn't have all of these things around you that kind of allow you to be somebody that at the core you probably weren't. Um, so for me, it's it's really important to keep those people around. I say that with understanding that there's sometimes you're going to grow out of people and you're also going to grow out of relationships. And that's just natural. We all go through that. That happens. Right. So maybe everybody that you went to college with or you went to high school with or you grew up with, all of those people aren't going to be able to stay around. Just and it's not that you're a bad person or they're a bad person. It simply is just because life happens, right? And people find themselves going in other directions. But I do I believe that when you have people that have proven themselves to you and vice versa and you guys have been through a number of things with, yeah, you know, they may not be able to understand you in the field now. Now, they may not understand the details and the intricacies of what you're going through. So you probably meet friends that you can talk about that. But this person knows me. One of my best friends and I, we talk about this all the time. You knew me when you knew me when like I didn't have nothing. You knew me when I had five dollars in my bank account. You knew me when, you know, I all of this and living in this place and doing these things were really just hopes and dreams. And you still kind of rock for me. So when I meet people now, I feel like they know who I've become today. And that's a good part, but I can't completely let go with them all the time, or at least I don't feel that I can. I don't feel that, you know, I can just come in and just say, Hey, today, I just don't feel like it. And, or I'm going through and I just need to vent. And that vent session means me saying some stuff that is not, appropriate that may hurt somebody's feelings or may come off the wrong way. But it's like, you get it. You get that. This is my process of getting to the place that I need to be in order to maintain all of this external stuff. So I personally believe that it's important for you to hang on to people. It's important to make sure that those folks that were there doing the climb for the most part can stay around. No, you can't pull everybody else up. So I feel like as you're, you're, you're rising and you're going to the area that you're going to be in that friend or that person or those people should have things that they're chasing in their lives too. So you guys can be elevated together and it's not just about you. Um, you can learn some things about their field. I, my friends that are in other fields, I learned stuff about you. I learned stuff about apologetics from you. And I learned stuff, you know, like I hear the things that you're going through or the people that you're engaging and interacting with. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I'm learning as you grow, but we're growing in two separate fields. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I got to like be like, oh, well, I can't be friends with you no more because you can't talk to me about this or you don't like this. I have friends for different things. And so here are my friends in this area. Some of those friends that I meet today feel just like my friends from back home. And some of them don't. And it's not a bad thing. It's just is what it is. But it proves it further proves why I have to have both people around. Mm -hmm. And I just was looking I was thinking through like my 
my birthday celebration. I just turned 30 um, last week. And I'm now in the club with Randall, even though he's older. So it's still, you know, he'll reach 31 and 40 before I do. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, But I was just looking at the people that I was surrounded by during the time on my birthday night. I had a dinner um, with friends um, while I was in Jacksonville. And most of the people at the table were people I've known since I was a child. Um, And so that was uh, like looking and surveying like, man, I've known these people almost my entire life and then to look at my circle of close friends now I've known most of the people my whole life like you know Sunday or this weekend when I was in DC I've known well we haven't been close since the 8th grade but I've known you since the 8th grade you know what I'm saying Um, I've known Brian since I was born like you know I've always known him my entire life and we've been close a lot of our lives so it's like to have people that know you and we don't have to be in the same field but that what that's what makes life fun because you always learn from other people and I think you know I was even surveying my close circle of friends I don't really have anybody in my circle that's close to me that does what I do and I think I like it like that you know it's like we all challenge each other. Nobody necessarily cares what the person does. In a sense, when I say nobody cares, it's kind of like nobody's impressed. So it's not like an overly, you know, obsession thing. Everybody's like, oh, thank you. I'm impressed by you in a way that they celebrate you and want you to grow. But it's not like we got to sit here and talk about what you do all day. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. We can. We both are confident and comfortable enough in our greatness and in our success that I can actually hear stories about your success and not feel that I'm lacking in my area. If anything, it kind of inspires me to be like, you know what? When I get to the office tomorrow, I'm going to go harder. Or when I get to my creative space tomorrow, I'm going to go even harder because I see I'm inspired by what you can create. I see what you're doing and I see your success. And I'm like, wow, I'm connected to somebody that can do that. What can I do? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What does that say about me? Let me push myself more. And I think that's the beauty of honestly being a mature person um, and being kind of experiencing ex- success, seeing success, hanging on to it and being like, this is this is what it is for me. And I want to see what it is for you. And I have an amazing friend that's doing something that is incredible. And I 100% support that friend and I can be there and I can see you, you know, you do well and it just pushes, it elevates our entire crew. The whole clique gets better. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just one of us is shining us. One person is the superstar. It's like, no, we're all superstars in our own right. And I want it to be that way. I really want you to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's so important because it kind of pushes each person and you are able to be a friend. You're able right. to be a friend and you're not able you're able not to be envious or jealous and you're not a fan either. Cause I think sometimes we can surround ourselves in stages where we think, okay, I'm going to the next level that I get rid of friends and surround myself with fans people who just look up to me and think what I'm doing is amazing and think I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And that's not helpful either because then nobody's going to be able to check you because everybody's looking up to you. And it's like, 
well, this is the people that I hang with. Okay, but they all look up to you. So what does that mean? Yeah. Like and that, that fosters yes people. You start getting a bunch of people around you that's just telling you yes about everything. Or when they're criticizing you, they're criticizing you from a, a position and a standpoint that is soft, is easy. It doesn't really challenge you. I, I I really and truly believe like you need people that that aren't on your payroll, that really don't care about <laughs> what you got going on, that literally can tell you, yo, that's that sounds really stupid. Um, or you know what, this decision that you made was wrong and I completely disagree with it. And I don't really care about, you know, I, I don't respect, I respect you and I'm a fan of yours in the sense that I support you, but I also don't want you to come out here looking like a fool or treat nobody like a fool. So I'm, I'm going to make sure that you know the real and I'm giving you the real and I'm not sugarcoating it from the standpoint of, oh, well, you know, I don't want to lose my my position or lose my check or I don't want this person to be mad at me. I don't care. I am going to tell you like it is because it is what it is. And I feel like those are the people that you need in your life. Um, I also think another thing, too, which is it's tough to kind of balance the two. But I do believe that also there's while we talk about it being important to be loyal to people, I do believe that at some point in time and, and, and there are some situations and some cases where you just have to let people go. And those people are people that may have been around for a long time. Right. Those mm -hmm. may be people that really, really know you, but perhaps who you have become and who they've become or who they are really just aren't on the same the same wavelength. I always say and I always say that. If somebody's not adding to your life, then you need to subtract them from your life. Because if you're not adding value, if you're adding constant stress or constant confusion or hurt or sadness or you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like something that's negative. That's that really is like a, a thorn in your side. You really have to let them go because you aren't going to move. You'll become so consumed with the issues that you're facing as a result of this relationship that you can't be creative or you can't, you know, really function in, in your role, in your position, fulfill your purpose and wherever you are in life, because you're so boggled down with the troubles that are there. I think it's important for sometimes you to say, you know what, it's time for us to move on without hate, without malice, without um, you know, I'm gonna get you back or I no, 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 no. Hey, this just isn't working in this space. And that's cool. And you aren't a horrible person and I'm not a horrible person. Maybe we, you know, we just disagree on some things or we're just different, which is, which is, is, is I feel like it's really true because sometimes those differences really come out as you become an adult and you really settle into who you are much of our time as teenagers or as kids, we're trying to figure stuff out, right? So we're a lot more open to, let me try this, or I like this person, so I want to be like them, or this person say this this way. Well, I want to say it like that too. But when you become an adult, you kind of just be like, yo, Chuck deuces to all of that. This is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. Either you're on board or you're not. Either way, Here's the train that I'm on and I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep moving on this train. So I think I, with that, I, I, I want to make sure that people understand, too, that sometimes it really is OK. I believe it's really OK to let certain relationships go and it's necessary, you know. And, and, but when you do that, you have to make sure you're coming from a place of genuine 
um, acceptance and genuinely being okay and not hating a person or having like some negative disposition about them because, you know, things didn't go right. Sometimes some stuff just don't work and that's just it. It's just not mm-hmm. going to work. I, I'm a firm believer in reason, seasons, and lifetime. And, you know, some people are going to be in your life for a specific reason. They're going to fulfill that purpose. And that's it. You can be cordial with them. You can talk to them, but they don't need to be, you know, super, super close up under you. Some people are going to be there for a season. And sometimes those seasons kind of feel like they should be a lifetime because they last for multiple years. I personally have a friendship that I felt like, yo, in hindsight, I actually thought so beforehand, but in hindsight, it really was a seasonal friendship. And this was somebody that became very close to me, but it was like, this friendship was meant for this particular season, for this particular reason to solve this particular problem or to go through this particular season. But once I'm out of this time frame, the two just doesn't fit. We are polar opposites. We don't... <laughs> We we don't not only do we not think the same, but we can't even find a common ground on being able to agree to disagree or respect. And so it's just like, no, that wasn't there. And then there are people that are there for a lifetime. And sometimes I feel like it shocks you who are those people that are supposed to be there for a lifetime, because oftentimes I found it's people that you didn't expect to be it's people that you were like wait how did this happen like we're really close you know i love you you're one of my best friends but when we first met never in a million years what i thought like just wouldn't have thought this would have turned out this way Mm -hmm. yeah and i think one of the ways we could tell like are we if we're transitioning in the right way from people is how we tell the story because i always say when you're healed you tell the story differently so there's some people that you know if we're we grew apart and you know i realize this is seasonal and if you're telling the story like you know we just had our differences but if you're telling the story like and it's the bitterness you can hear it's kind of like okay I need to heal from that space. And maybe do I see if I need to go back and fix and or modify or come back together or I could heal from it. And then we could be cordial, but walk away. But when we talk about each other, it's the tone of, you know, it didn't work. We both had, you know, some misunderstandings, but, you know, looking back on it, I appreciate who they are. You know, we just aren't that close anymore and that's it. But when you got like that bitter tone and you got to feel a need to, accentuate all their negatives then there's a good chance that you're not healed from the situation and you're not translating trans you're not you're not going about to new situations in the proper way you know well you know i'm a little different because i believe you can still you can be over something and still call somebody trifling like (laughs) you know we good i don't have no problem the individual is extremely trifling (laughs) and that's why it didn't work out you know, I ain't mad at him. I'm good. Like, I, we can be, you know, I can talk and we can be around each other. You're just trifling. Just is what it is. That's not, I ain't, yeah, you know, it, no it's, doubt. It's, a, it's some situations where you do have to say. I'm joking. Right? No, I'm serious, but I'm joking. You, I did. I, I told one of my friends the other day, I was like, uh, I just, I said something similar about people, a person being trifling. But, you know, and they was like, man, I think you're just really bitter about that situation. No, it's still. not. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I really don't believe. I I think that 
you can get to, you really, it's not even about being bitter. It's like, yo, the truth is I'm basing this off of fact, right? And, and, and fact is what happened. And, you know, especially when you've had a conversation with the person and they can confirm that what you've said is true. They're like, Oh, I did do that. I did do that. I did do that. After the third, I did do that. This is grounds to, to confirm that you're trifling. So when I tell the story (laughs) and I've told you that you trifling. So when I tell other people that you trifling, it's not, it's not going to be in a negative way. Like, Oh, you should, I'll be like, Hey, it didn't work for me because this individual was trifling. <laughs> now they could have overcome their trifliness and not be trifling with you. And that's wonderful. Kudos to them. But in terms of me and my house, <laughs> the reason that we ain't going to be able to do it is because trife is all over this. <laughs> and that's just fact. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just out here stating fact. That's all. And I think, too, when when there's two things, I always say that your friends, um, no, you find out who your friends are uh, when you when you hit when you, low times show you who your friends, who your friends are. High times show your friends who you are, Absolutely. Um, because sometimes when we make it we become a whole nother person, you know, who we really are, who we always wanted to be manifest. And then we keep people to the side because we feel like we're better than them now. Right. Um, but when we, that's when people really know who you are, when you have it and you're able to decipher, well, I don't have to necessarily have you around, you know, cause some people will be close to you just because they don't got nobody else. And right. that's the fact. But when they make it, they'll, chuck up the deuces on you um so you know that's i think the way we we know people's character we know it in our low times we know who's gonna stick by us but when we when we make it people start to learn who we really are um and so um yeah i think you know those are ways we can decipher you know who's 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 really loyal and who's really down for you yeah it, there's always, I think there's always signs too. You always see those things beforehand and you just don't necessarily, sometimes you don't want to know. Um, sometimes you, think you want people to like people who are only with you cause they don't have nobody else or they on a hard time show signs. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. think it's hard. What signs do you think they show? I think that it is, um, you can kind of see that there's nothing else going on in their life or there's nobody else around or nobody else willing to deal with what you can deal with in that moment. Um, Maybe it's not something that's like so overt, but you start to think about what other people enjoy their company in the way that I enjoy their company. What other people, honestly, I feel like you also too can, you can learn a lot by what people say about somebody. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And even when when people talk about, you know, past friendships or past relationships or failed situations, when the the, the story is told by someone else or somebody has said, because I, I had a situation where I felt like a number of people tried to tell me about this person is this way. And I was like, nah, you know, I kind of want to gauge and, you know, I'm a person that I want I want to hear I, I want to give you the benefit of doubt. I feel like everybody has people that say stuff about them. So, you know, who, whatever, who knows, right? 
But when you start to get around the people that know this person that they may even be cool or cordial with and they say things that you're like, wait a minute. Wait, I, I don't no longer think that this is this isn't like a let me just see because I don't know. This is like the general consensus is this is the truth. I'm just waiting to see the truth, right? And so it kind of is like a foreshadow. Like you gotta, and especially if you you hear these things and you don't see that a person is actively trying to change it again. Maybe someone was one way with, you know, in this one situation, but they learned and they tried to get better. But if that person was one way in this situation and that situation and their situation and her situation and his situation and, and the people over his situation, you know, just history tells you that likely they're going to be that person in your situation as well. So you just kind of got to think about it, get out and make some changes soon. And especially when it's like people that don't have anything, anybody around them, I feel like that's when it becomes really more evident because, you know, the, we, we know about common denominator. Somebody's a common denominator. Like all of these people ain't just messed up and you're the only saint. Like that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I can I can vibe with that because it does show signs of how people talk about. But I mean, some people d- just don't have people. Period. Like they don't even have past relationships for you to go off on. They kind of are just loners, so you kind of wouldn't be able to pick up that they gonna pick up when 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 they make it. <laughs> yeah, that's um. I don't, you know, I, I feel like in many cases I'm a loner, but I think that when I hear about somebody like you're describing, the idea of a loner becomes like, wait, that's a whole nother level of, I don't have like no friends or nobody around. I think that I'm a loner because I say that because I really just enjoy sometimes just being by myself. Um, I'm a person that don't, don't mind waking up Saturday or it being like Friday night and I'm just kind of kicking it in my, in my house reading or watching television or just by myself. That doesn't bother. It really don't bother me. Like unless it's, I really wanted to go out that night, maybe it would bother me. But for the most part, it's like, okay, I'm cool. Um, but there are people and I've learned people that are just genuine loners that don't have you know, friends that they even talk on the phone with, friends that they meet up to hang out with, they literally just kind of kick it by themselves all the time. That is very foreign to me, and I don't really know. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I don't know that I would even be expecting to have, like, a close friendship with somebody like that. <laughs> just because I feel like... Well, you could do it to like help the person, or you feel like, oh man, yeah, but I'm. Do you gonna... really want help? <laughs> if you ain't got nobody around you, like, do you really want help? Sure, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Some people are just di- different. <laughs> Randall, like, oh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, y'all tell us what y'all think. Are y'all loyal? Uh, you know. Are y'all, uh, do y'all believe in loyal, love and loyalty? Are y'all loyal? Are y'all like Kanye? When you get on, you leave your friends. Uh, for not a, not a, um, you, did I tell you my friend called white people tall people? I don't know why, but anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. You tell me uh, your friend's secret on the air though. 
they ain't gonna be able to use the code name because I don't think none of our listeners know them. Well, I don't know. <laughs> now somebody gonna be like, oh, they can tell a white person, like, oh, you're really tall. They can be like, you racist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, y'all let us know what y'all think about love and loyalty. Are y'all loyal? Or y'all like Chris Brown say, these ain't loyal. Y'all let us know. We'll be back with our toast or roast. All right, guys, and we are back with our toast or roast, and I am going to kick off uh, this week with my toast. And my toast goes out to the film, the movie, I Am Not Your Negro, which is based off of an unfinished book by James Baldwin, who's a civil rights writer and leader. And the book is the book in the movie is based off of uh, comparing the relationships of Mega Evers, MLK and Malcolm X. And the movie is is narrated by. Um, oh, gosh, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. Um, he says the F word all the time. Um, I can't believe I forgot his name. I, I, I can't think of his name. The guy from Snakes on a Plane. And he uh, played Samuel, Jackson. Samuel Jackson. That's what it is. I'm like, I can't think of this man's name. It's in my head. Yeah. So it's narrated by Samuel Jackson. And the movie is just so great because it's interesting to see how what James Baldwin was writing about so many years ago is still relevant today. Um, we still see the same issues in terms of race, in terms of treatment of black people, in terms of respect for black people, in terms of being able to voice our concerns and to express our issues and how people try to uh, silence a movement and and say that things are invalid and irrelevant. And so I think it's just so powerful and it means so much to see that we we look at the civil rights movement and we look at MLK in this very nostalgic way now, like everything was so perfect and everybody, there was so much unison and camaraderie and people loved each other and everybody was just fighting for the change. And the truth of the matter is that's not the way that it worked. It wasn't that pretty. It wasn't that, you know, well, that nice and, and, and nice play as we, we, we think of it now and we hear about it now. And so in the same way, when we think about the black lives matter movement and we think about the way that, so many different groups are fighting for justice and fighting for their voices to be heard. And it's very complicated. And you have people that are inside the community that disagree with the movement. And you have a number of people on the outside of the community that disagree with the movement as well and that criticize it. We can see those same things happening. And and I just think it's a just a really, really great movie. And I think it's something that everybody should see. I loved the fact that when I went to see it, there were a number of not just black people, but there were people of all different races that were there. Um, I saw uh, a number of like white people actually sat next to this white couple, which was pretty interesting. And just hearing their remarks and their thoughts on it um, and hearing the guy get up and say that I can't wait to bring my brother to come see this and bring more people to come see it. And 
I think that it really just it, it shows that the things that you're hearing people say in today's time and you're hearing people say on news outlets or on podcasts and blogs today has been said was said back in the day. And it's the same thing because nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is visibility. And the only thing that's really changed is, you know, there being so many more images to see, but these same things were happening then. So if you haven't seen I'm Not Your Negro, make sure you get to a movie theater and go and see that, see it again. I'm going to see it for a third time here pretty soon. It's an amazing movie. Make sure you check it out. And that's my toast for this week to I'm Not Your Negro by James Baldwin. I should have saw it when I was in D.C. because I don't think it's playing in Jacksonville. Um, it's unfortunate. I heard that it's not playing. It. There's like two places in the South that I heard it's not playing. Yeah. This is not really a South-friendly movie, I guess. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I want to toast to everyone that went with us to the escape room in Georgetown on Sunday for my birthday Yes, um, as a part of my celebration. Uh, I didn't really want to go. Uh, Brian was like, we're going to the escape room. And I was like, uh, okay, what is that? It sounded scary to me when he explained it. You get locked in a room and you got to find your way out. It just didn't sound like it was going to be it, I didn't understand the. He didn't explain like the clue part clearly, so I didn't necessarily know what that part was. If I had known that it was going to be like that, I wouldn't have been scared. But the whole concept <laughs> of being locked in a room and it's like the movie, the cho- choices was uh, a Friday Thirteenth and a month. So I was like, this is going to be scary. So that's why I picked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I was like, it's probably going to be the less scariest experience. <laughs> Um, but we actually won. Yes. Um, shout out to Randall, Vanna, Roxy, Brian, and Ark because we, us, uh, six people figured this out. Now, at the end, I honestly thought we was going to lose. Um, Don't give up. I had us. gave up. I, I refused. Time. The bomb was about to glow off. I didn't know. I was like, oh, dang, we lost. Um, and I had already prepared myself to lose. Uh, and so when they said we won and everybody started celebrating, it caught me off guard because I had already accepted defeat. I had stated, I'm sorry, this is your, this is your toast. Let me shut up, y'all. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say your, just, cause look, you, can, you were, you were one of the people at the end who came in and swept through and saved it. Look, I had made up in my mind that we were getting out of this escape room and we were not going to lose we won with like a minute and 10 seconds on the clock. And that's a more than enough time for us to figure it out. We had a group of great minds. We had a group of go-getters. We had a group of people that was like, look, we just going to figure this out. We would get a clue when we need it. And we would just all think about our clues. We had some laughter in there. We had some, we had everything, everything that you need to get out of a situation. We got it. We got out of it. So I'm just I'm still on cloud nine. Literally, as I text y'all the other day, it's like days afterwards. And I'm still like, yo, we did that. Like yeah. I'm trying to my family's coming this weekend. I'm probably going to take them to the escape room just so I can be like, look, we finna get up out of here. <laughs> and the guy said that we were now in our group chat. Brian tried to shade us. I know he listens to brunch culture. I want him to hear this because you're going to let me and Randall have our moment. The man said that we were the first people 
that he knows to win Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He said that day. I heard the man say that he knows. Look here. At the end of the day, he said us and first. So that means that we can use what we can gloat about anything we want. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, we won. Y'all feel like a little kid when we was walking out. I won, I won, I shot the BB gun. Y'all lost, y'all lost, y'all ate tomato sauce. <laughs> What's funny is, I thought I had already accepted defeat, but when we won, I was bragging like I knew the whole time we were going <laughs> to win. You had given up on this, huh? Show did. Sure. I was like, man, after I, I did all I could do when I figured out the soda cans at the top <laughs> and I pushed the buttons, I felt like I did something. That was my contribution. <laughs> so, got the quarter and everything. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, that's my toast. The escape room, Georgetown. If y'all, and, and it's, not, it's not just in D.C. It's everywhere. I've, there are yeah. escape rooms everywhere. So yeah. um, definitely check out the escape room. It's worth the money. Go with the group. It's it's fun. You'll laugh. Um, you'll joke. It'll be a great, great time. We want to leave y'all with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe comes from Chance the Rapper, who did a phenomenal job at the Grammys and is revolutionizing the music industry. Um, he said this in his speech, and I thought it was dope. Uh, we thought it was dope. I know people think that independence means you do it by yourself, but independence means freedom. And I love that um, because, you know, Chance said in his in his speech, you know, he brought two people up with him and said he these were the people that helped him. And I think it's dope that he's taking them on this journey with him, because as I always say, success is not success if you succeed alone. So. Shout out to Chance the Rapper for doing the darn thing. He is really changing the game. And thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. As thank always, you. you can check out all our past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can shoot us an email, encouraging message, like the uh, message we mentioned earlier at the end of our main dish by emailing us at brunchculturebc at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, um, Google Play, uh, um iHeartRadio by searching Brunch Culture. You can follow us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture on Twitter at brunch culture on Instagram at brunch underscore culture. And y'all, we we would love to hear your feedback. Um, leave us some uh, feedback on iTunes. It really helps us rate the show. Um, we would we love love getting your feedback. Um, Interact with us on social media by the hashtag ChatBC. And it's always here at Brunch Culture. Everything is up for discussion.